Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House for worship today. A couple of days ago, I, I was driving on 23 and I noticed uh, the person passing me on the left had an Illinois license plate. When you see something like that, you automatically make assumptions, don't you? <clears throat> About where they're from or how they're going to drive and how you should be careful as you drive by them. When it comes to something like this, God says, I put my name on this. These are my words. And so they reveal to us where they're from and also how it's supposed to be used and driven around the world. Today God speaks for himself and we see how important that is for us to take this as ultimate truth. Order of service is found on screen and in your worship folder. Let's begin with our opening hymn. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, it is only by your gift of grace that we come into your presence and offer true and faithful service. Grant that our worship on earth may always be pleasing to you, and in the life to come, give us the fulfillment of what you have promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. First lesson this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 23. It serves as a basis for the sermon. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I've heard what the prophets say. 
who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? The word of the Lord. Second lesson from Hebrews chapter 12 emphasizes the way to run our race is by appreciating the great cloud of witnesses around us who've run it, looking to Christ, and so we run the same way, with their encouragement, looking to Christ all the way, because life is tough. A lot of discipline comes from our Heavenly Father. We read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. The word of the Lord.
Please stand. Gospel lesson today is taken from Luke chapter 12. Those who run their race, accepting our Heavenly Father's discipline along the way, looking to Jesus, uh, that's going to be a big division between those who are trusting God through thick and thin in life and those who are going their own way without Jesus. Jesus calls that the division. We read, I've come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for the hymn.
grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, dear fellow believers in him. Can't you just sense a tension in the readings today, especially the sermon text before us? Oh, there is a division. There is a barb in every one of God's words and sentences and questions that penetrates. And if you read it and are listening carefully, it it penetrates all the way to the conscience. Can you tell God is not happy with the people who claim to speak for him, represent him, and know him? Well, how would you like it? How would you like it if somebody completely misrepresented you to others? How would you like it if somebody diminished your size? If they trashed your name and reputation and if they completely diminished your abilities? And it's one thing if they did this for their own ends, for their own beliefs, for what they knew about you. It's completely another thing when they take these things, twist them, and then start proclaiming this to other people about you and trashing you in every way. Have you taken a look at the world we live in? Have you taken a look at the things people are saying in the name of the Lord still today? It hasn't changed still going all the way back to Jeremiah's day with the false prophets and what they were saying about the Lord. Can you see why it's so hard still for people today to understand which religion is the right one? The struggle with how many things are out there? It's like a smorgasbord of what they get to choose from. And some people just completely recoil from it all and give up and go their own way. Do you see what's happening still today? Our world doesn't let God speak for himself. And so when he does... His word needs to stand out and cause a division to show itself as his word. Back in Psalm 139, King David saw the beauty of God, saw his power in the way that he creates life in the womb and knits us together. King David saw all kinds of neat things about the attributes of God. It's a beautiful psalm. One of the things he he brings out, though, is this. He says, even there your hand will guide me. Even there your right hand will hold me fast. The words in Hebrew for even there pop off the page. It's, it's gum shum. You can hear the repetition there. King David is awed by a God who is so big. If David was standing here and then he ran to the furthest extent of space and made it all the way over there, his point is, even there you would be there way before I ever got there. He's awed by the incredible size of God. And when we bring these teachings out about the... God is big. When we bring these teachings out about the Bible, sometimes I think people think about this big marshmallow man, the stay-puffed creature, or maybe Jack and the Beanstalk, the giant from there, and we think God is some incredibly monstrous creature in size. He's huge. He's not a creature, but he is big. He's everywhere. But I want to tweak that a little bit and just remind you, God is also in the tiniest molecule right now, right in front of my finger. And he's fully there. 
And he's fully way, way over there. What do I mean by that? If God is some big creature, some big, large thing, don't think that we've got God's big toe right here and that a hundred light years away is God's head. He's way over there because that's not God. God is fully present in his being right here in the tiniest molecule so that he can fully help right here. If we only had his big toe to help right here, that's not God. And so God is fully here and fully in every molecule, filling everything in every single way. That's what David is awed by. There is no place on earth that you are, or in the universe that you are not present and can help. But that's not what they were teaching in Jeremiah's day about God. They had some really, really smart people who were teaching something less, which goes to show Worldly people can have a lot of smarts, but that doesn't mean they're spiritually wise. And so they were saying, you can have your little God, your local deity in your place, maybe in a city, behind your city walls, but if I leave your city walls, now that God is no longer holding jurisdiction. If I leave the border of your kingdom or your nation... You can have a God, rightfully so, of your kingdom or country, but once I go outside of the boundaries of your country, I can escape his oversight and his ability. Notice what they were doing with the size of God? Shrinking him down. God had something to say about that. He says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Do you know what happens when you make God small? Do you know what happens when somebody underestimates the size of God? Well, people do it deliberately so that there's a gap then. There's a void, there's a vacuum, and guess what? Vacuums love to be filled, and so man then steps forward in the breach, in the vacuum, in the gap, and man gets to insert all of his wisdom and intelligence and fill that void and make it fit. Somebody did that a week and a half ago. Somebody named Whoopi Goldberg. Do you know who she is? With all respect to her as a person, she claimed to speak for God, which makes it pertinent for us to discuss here. I want to read for you exactly what she said. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice, because I know my relationship. She was cut off right there, but the implications were, I know my relationship with God. Do you know what the context of that quote was in? It was about abortion. And she was making her case that abortion should be legal across the country, maybe even across the world, I don't know, but especially in our country, it should be a right for every mom, regardless if the health of the mother is in jeopardy. Oh, she has a dream, doesn't she? She has a dream to have it her way. And, and you people at St. Paul's, you have your God, your little God, but 
He is only God within the four walls that you guys are in. Outside of the four walls of this congregation, he doesn't have jurisdiction. And so outside of your church, you need to come to me for for this. You need my wisdom because I know exactly what God is saying here. That's an audacity. I I call that all puff. Puff is the Bible's word for being arrogant. Arrogant. Somebody's puffed up. They're filled with their own arrogance and intelligence, not that of God's. God says the same thing here. He says, they say, I had a dream. I had a dream. Listen to me. I know what God is saying. It's like they they want to fill the void, and so they slap the name of God like a bumper sticker on the back of their idea, on the back of their car, and they drive these things all over the place, where God hasn't even spoken, or maybe even he has spoken, and they're clearly saying something different than he does. God takes it even a step further and says, they're lies. He says, how long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. Will the world's ideas cause you to forget God's name? Will the huffing and puffery cloud your mind so that you no longer see the great cloud of witnesses that surround you? Maybe your wonderful Christian parents. Maybe your tremendous godly grandparents. I I had an incredible Grandpa Miller. He only had a grade school education, but one of the smartest people I ever came across, farming type. All he really had was his Bible. Never very wealthy, but the word was enough for him. And he just read it all the time. And the Kretzmann commentary about God's word too. Will the world's ideas cause you to forget your Sunday school lessons And these sinful people, Bible characters from the Old Testament. But how God brought them back to the word time and again. And how they finished their race trusting the Lord. Will will these things really cause you to forget? To forget the great name of the Lord? It caused Israel to forget. They, they walked away. Look at how many examples of the Old Testament. They walked away, wandered away. It's as if God said yes, they said no. God said no, they said yes. Over and over again. They went their own way and did their own thing. And many of them paid the ultimate price if they didn't repent in return. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate 160 years here. You are the remnant of a faithful few who began a congregation here 160 years ago in the middle of a tremendous division we call the Civil War. If we look at the books of St. Paul's, oh, there are plenty in the history of our congregation who walked away from the Lord, walked away from their Sunday school lessons, walked away from the Word, They made God small. And the ideas and enticements of the world became so much bigger and more important to them that they wandered and went their own way. What is God supposed to do against such 
things. What, what are we supposed to do against such things? I mean, the talking heads of the world are not going to stop. The, the, the people on TV spouting whatever they want in the name of the Lord, claiming, I have a dream, I know what God is saying here. They're not going to stop. What in the world is God supposed to do? Well, he's going to do what he's always done. He's going to keep speaking through his word. Because that's enough. And he's going to provide faithful workers like pastors whose one job it is to just faithfully bring the word to the people. Not to add, not to subtract, just explain God's word to the people. Just tell it how it really is. That's really the sole purpose of this job. But it also presupposes then there's going to be an audience. There are going to be people who are going to listen to this. And, and there's a responsibility on that audience. Don't just listen because you like the person or maybe listen because you don't like the person. Listen because it's the word. Double check the word. Read your Bibles during the week. It presupposes you are active in the Word of God that you can know for yourself this is God's Word, not somebody's ridiculous dream. I mean, there's a big difference, isn't there, between what God says and all the godless chatter that's going on in the world? Oh, you better believe it. It's the difference between food and feces. Did you catch that? It's the difference between grain and straw. You eat the one, animals do a number on the other. Can you imagine how insane it would be to take what happens on straw and to elevate that and set that on the dinner table for people to consume? You'd have to be out of your mind. That's insane to think in terms like that. Can you imagine somebody actually taking man-made wisdom and ideas of this world and elevating it in the front of church for people to consume? You'd have to really hate people to do that. God takes it a step further beyond a food comparison. And he says, is not my word like fire? This is not a little campfire. This is not something in your backyard. My word is like a fiery fire. It's like an old growth forest in full blaze. It's that word of God like a fire that consumes the world's lies and exposes them for what they are. Is not my word like a hammer? Please don't think of a hammer just sitting on the shelf. Because the picture is, it's like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. It's not a hammer that's sitting there. It's a smashing hammer. It's a hammering hammer. When God's word is used appropriately, faithfully, in line with the way he gave it, it smashes the stupidity of the world. Worldly ideas, the fool, foolishness of man-made wisdom. Breaks it apart and exposes it for the lies that it really is. Do you see the word of God as a force to be reckoned with? Make no mistake, the world will be reckoned with it. Are you? Are you right with the word? Because that's the ultimate reason why God gave it. So that you would read for yourself and hear for yourself from the word of God. Not just that his word is powerful, but that God powerfully sent the word in flesh 
his son Jesus, who would go to a cross and consume that fiery fire of the wrath of God, of the consequences of what sinners rightfully deserve, that Jesus would consume that wrath on a cross, and he did. Have you seen in the Word of God exactly what God said would happen? Happened. The world united together. They grabbed a hammer. They grabbed their nails. They saw this guy named Jesus and they thought he was just this puny little guy, this blasphemer, a pretender to the throne of God. In fact, that's even what they wanted to say on the cross, right? Not the king of the Jews who claimed to be the king of the Jews. And so they hammered his hands and feet on the cross. But God tells the rest of the story. This was the plan of God who disciplined his only holy son to be sin for the world. And the father raised that son from the dead and made him, as Peter preached in the Pentecost sermon, God raised him from the dead to be prince and savior so that you and I would have a place to go for our own lives, for our deceit, Everybody in here has had their own notions of grandeur and arrogance of what we thought God should do or, or, or should have done better or should have said in his book or how he should have treated us. Or... But today again, we get to bring these sins before the Lord, before our Savior, Jesus Christ, and know that God has forgiven them in full, that he's paid the price and he's given us the fullness of salvation for free by grace. It's an incredible thing. What you have here in the word of God is God speaking for himself. This is where God stands. It's his word. When Jesus came into this world, this is what he stood his ground on. And he even taught the people the scriptures cannot be broken. This is God's word. And he took his stand on the word. And now it's your generation. And now it's your time. Surrounded by this great crowd and cloud of witnesses. It's your turn to hang on and to hold to the scriptures. After all, it's not just God speaking for himself and revealing to you the great miracle about his size, who he is, the great miracle of his name, that this is the name of the Lord who saves, that revealing to you his great ability of what he did for you in Jesus Christ. But by giving you his word, this is not just God speaking for himself. You're saying this is God speaking for you. Because through it, God speaks to you. Hold to it. And don't ever let it go. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in the creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, 
light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Heavenly Father, give us discernment as we walk through this world so that we recognize exactly what is yours and exactly what is imitation. And while the distinction may be clear, sometimes our hearts muddy the waters and the matters and our judgment is clouded. Lord, speak to us. Encourage us by your word. Lift our eyes to see that great cloud of witnesses who trusted you and you never failed them. Show us Jesus who endured, suffered, and overcame exactly as you promised so that we keep running our race with you and to you. And Lord, we ask you to come to the help of our brother, Mike Ostring, who right this moment is undergoing triple bypass heart surgery. Lord, give him strength of body and give him peace of mind. Then, by your blessing, we ask that you give him health and recovery according to your will. In your name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always.
please be seated for the distribution.